Enter RosanneAhmed.com, visionary, creative, writer, humanitarian, pioneer. Sounds a little abstract, perhaps. As I scroll down to the level of work that has been put in and her contribution to the alternative pop culture, its narrative, it's second to none, undoubtedly. United Nations, CEO and founder of Bougie.com, selected by the government of Sudan as a cultural ambassador. She also launched a multi-purpose platform called Africanism to explore, elevate and protect aesthetics of Africa around the world. She also was an editor of Rewind magazine, writer for Vogue and editor of the comic Latifa based on a fictional Arab superhero woman. She, Her latest social project is called Magic Drive, which is a fusion of all things that Roseanne is. In her words, inspire and advocate the alternative arts, arts from Africa, arts from Arabia, through her voice, through various projects. Roseanne, welcome to Africa State of Mind. I'm so excited to be talking to you. Thank you so much for having me. Wow. What you just, everything you just read out was my whole life. And yeah, I just got lots of flashbacks. <laughs> That's amazing. I'm sure that you're one of those people who get so busy doing things in life and being a part of history that you don't, you never take time to like just smell the roses and see all that it is that you have done. So I'm really excited that we get to explore that um, on today's conversation. Yes, yes, all true. And thank you again for having me. Now, Roseanne, I just need to know something, right? Because people say I travel a lot and I've been to many places, but you seem to have a home in every part um, of of the world, you know. Um, so, uh, so for you, when you when you identify as to what you call home and where home is, as Roseanne Ahmed, and of course, if I'm not mistaken, you're mixed between Middle Eastern and Sudanese. How do you define who you are and where you're from? Well, that's. A loaded and very good question. <laughs> I am. Um, I'm actually Sudanese. I'm. I'm pure. Oh, okay. Obviously, the northern. Yeah, the northern part of Sudan was Arabized um, a long time ago, mm. and because of that, Middle Eastern um, and Arabian culture um, has infiltrated our, our history and and our customs and and kind of fused now into this really beautiful cultural DNA of, of, of both worlds. Mm. And, and as someone who is so familiar and so intertwined between both worlds, I recognize the similarities um, and, and the beautiful similarities. Mm. And, and that's basically the crux of um, a lot of my work, um, to celebrate the similarities we have in different um, as for a home, <laughs> well, um, I really do believe the world is, is, is my catwalk, yeah. is my home, but I have certain comfort zones. I, I really feel at home. I wake up calmer and, and I sleep better in, in Kenya, yeah. um, in Sudan, nice. um, and also in Jamaica, where I am right now. I, it's, it's, it's more about energy for me as mm-hmm. opposed to location and and, and what that energy brings to my spirit. Yeah, I love that. Now, uh, Roseanne, just talking a bit about, um, you know, thanks for clarifying, because, you know, I for, for some reason I always thought that you were part Middle Eastern as well. But I think that what your story is and your life story is just, it, it's just a great um, kind of analogy for the similarities between um, regions and territories or whatever people may call it of, of the Middle East and Africans as a whole. How would you draw that comparison and parallel when you look at things that are happening now, when you look at the people and everything, 
what what are your thoughts around, I have my ideas around it but what are your thoughts around what makes us similar I um, mean Africa to the Middle Eastern world um, and where there are like points of kind of connection mm. well um, in in addition to to my layers I also grew up in England uh, I was born and raised in the UK oh wow uh, so so I'm also British yeah. I'm, I'm very I'm very British <laughs> in yeah. a lot of in a lot of my habits and and belief systems. Um, but then again, growing up with that kind of British foundation, but then also a very strong Sudanese African foundation with this intertwining of Arabia. I I'll be honest. I I grew up with a crisis. Um, I spent a lot of my young years really feeling like I didn't belong anywhere. Um, I wasn't ever Sudanese enough or African mm. enough or Arab enough or English enough. Mm. Um, so, so growing up, um, it, it, it did cause confusion and I did kind of feel like, like outcasted everywhere. Mm. Um, but now, again, looking at, looking at the world today and, and my own experiences um, and my own self-work, I've now realized that actually I and a lot of people actually, you know, who grew up with this multi-identity mm-hmm. um, uh, way of life uh, actually belong everywhere. Yeah. It, 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 it's globalization personified. Yeah. And, and that's who I am. I'm, I am globalization. And, mm-hmm. and, I, and a lot of my work um, and public speaking and whatnot is now veered towards this third culture community that exists and, and, and also the opportunity that we have as Africans, as dynamic as we are and as, 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 as able to integrate as we are around mm. the world, these are all opportunities and, and not crises mm. um, in our identity. And that's how I choose to face the now and deal with the now. Um, I have the advantage and, and many others who grew up similarly to me should realize their advantage mm. and, and move forth because we, we are globalizing as a planet, whereas we've already been through it. You know, we've already been You can already yeah, fit in anywhere. Yeah. We're already, we're already in it. So, yeah. so let's, let's, let's lead and, and go forth and, and, and bring about um, understanding in, in, in the beauty because we've lived it, we know it, and we can explain it back. Mm. Now, Roseanne, um, you know, I, before we get into your your new project, which I think it like literally brought tears to my eyes. I mean, it reminds me of something that I just experienced coming from Ethiopia and a, a project that I saw that also did that sort of thing. Um, but let's talk a little bit about also just, you know, because I, I want to really, you know, I don't want to... Man, you know, when you know a lot of what somebody has done, I want people to really be able to just to know, like just all the things that you've done, which are amazing, because you're generally one of those people who's been in the background for so long. You know, obviously, you've had a lot of global platforms, but you never kind of shout out everything that it is that you do. And I think that it's really important that we celebrate African women like you who are um, doing that. Um, So one of the things that I think is so fun. (laughs) I just, yeah, congratulations on that. But one of the things that I think is so amazing, you know, um, is the fact that, if I'm not mistaken, you had won an award for one of the most um, influential women in the Middle East. And obviously, as an African woman in the Middle East doing business and not just any business and not just, you know, rolling around with just anyone, you literally built yourself up and you, you, you got to a point where people even in the Middle East saw you as being part of who they were, you know, and everything. Talk to us about doing business in the Middle East as an African woman. 
just you know that in, mm-hmm. in its own is phenomenal. Let's talk about um some of that. Mm-hmm. Okay. Well, thank you again uh, for that. I, I really appreciate you and and your and your celebration of of uh, of African sisterhood. I I really appreciate that, Lee. Um. Okay. So I um I am somebody that that tends to act and then think <laughs> about what I. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I'm, I'm a good planner. I definitely am. I'm very strategic and and I'm and I'm bold um, in my moves. But yeah, um, <laughs> long story short, I I decided very suddenly um, uh, to live in the Middle East mm-hmm. because I was inspired and intrigued by Michael Jackson moving to Bahrain. Okay. Um, there's a, there's <laughs> That's a great reasons, reference. But, Huh? That's a great reference <laughs> as to the why. Well, yeah, I mean, no, it's it's just a little, yeah, it's a little random and yeah. and, and very. But I, I'm I'm a devout Michael Jackson fan lover. I love him. I yeah. love him. So when I had heard that he moved to Bahrain, I grew very intrigued um, with the island. Um, at the time, I was working with the United Nations. Um, and, and I really, really enjoyed and appreciated my time there. But I was growing more curious. And this happens to me every four to five years. I always go through a, a vast, just mad transformation career-wise. Um, and, I, and I wanted to explore. I wanted to find out more about the Middle East and, you know, and why Michael had chosen it. Uh, and also, of course, being Sudanese with this strong Middle Eastern aspect um, of my being, I wanted to find out more about the region and Michael just kind of cemented the need to do so. Um, I went over and I, again, I, I wasn't really thinking about my circumstances, one as a woman and one as an African, and two as an African woman. I just went. Mm-hmm. Um, I fell in love with the island. I understood exactly why um, Michael had chosen um, the kingdom as a, as, a, as a place to reconfigure and, and, and live. Um, and I, I fell in love with Bahrain. And, and it was from there that I decided to kick off um, a, a consultancy and, um, and kind of, you know, I've always been that disruptor. I've always been that person to be like, well, you know, why, why am I walking into a mall and, and not seeing more Bahraini brands or more Arabian brands? Why am I walking into this mall and, and seeing America or seeing London? Um, you know, and I, would, I met with such incredible, interesting people, and, mm. and, um, and some of them were developing brands and ideas but wouldn't go forward with them, so I would push them and advise and decided to start a company. And it's kind of, you see what I mean? I kind of, I always move on thought as opposed to, uh, immediate thought as opposed to latter thought. Mm. So I just, I kicked off and I started, we started the consultancy. I realized that I was actually, rather than executing on essentially what was public relations, events management and so on, um, I was educating, I was mm. teaching, uh, building a, a whole new appreciation for local creativity and local production and and from that we really galvanized um an an independent economy uh, based on Bahraini creativity um Mm, and art fashion and and also wellness so um it was from there that I expanded into Dubai and um and yeah I just I thought later 
I, I think that's the summary. I just, I kicked off. I, I did what I could um, constantly. You know, I, I, I work off three key questions in any endeavor. Those, those three questions are, you know, how can I help? Mm. How can I bring this back to Africa? You know, and, um, and then the final question is, of course, is how, how can I improve myself? Yeah, um, sure. in this endeavor. So, so these, you know, all questions were answered um, in a way that satisfied my, my soul and, and, and I just did it. <laughs> yeah, I think I love that. The three questions, how can you help, which is so important. And that's, I think, when it comes to Africa, that's what we always think about, helping each other. Um, you know, how can I help yes. Africa? How can I bring this back to Africa? I love the fact that you said bring it back to Africa because everything began in Africa. And of course, how can you improve of yourself, course. which is all about, you know, as as human beings, no matter who you are, where you are and everything. One thing we all need to know is that we consistently have to be in a place where we improve ourselves. So I like I'm actually going to take notes and then I'll be I'll like write a post and I'll be like Roseanne says. <laughs> now, let's let's. Now. You have to you have to create you, you know with as with someone who's had so many different foundations externally yeah. I, I had to create foundation within myself yeah. and, and just realize i'm I'm a vessel now that has to be in so many different places mm. at once you know I have to accommodate to so many different ideas and, and developments and and the, and that foundation is what I built within myself so that's you know, I, I had some kind of constant everywhere I was going. Yeah. No, definitely. I love that. I really, yeah, I think that that makes a lot of sense. And and also just to add, I feel like your story about belonging everywhere um, is kind of like, it's almost like the story of so many um, African people who've moved out or been moved out and who stay in the diaspora and everything. It's, it's, it's as much as people may be like, oh, wow, how does that happen? It's almost like a quintessential African story because that's what we do, you yeah. know, as Africans, no matter, you know, regardless of where we go, you know, it's been tried and tested, put an African anywhere in God's green earth and they're just going to thrive. So I think your story is really quintessentially. And, and we yeah, ex- exactly. We'll definitely get yeah, it done. So um, now, so now let's talk a little bit about because I'm really fascinated about also the the role of of women and how they they perceived. You know what I mean? And um, one of the projects that you have been part of, which I think is so fascinating, and um, you know, and obviously I think Mo Abudu from um, Ebony Life is kind of working on the same thing. And we saw something with. Um, with um, Black Panther where we saw female warriors and all of that stuff. You worked on a phenomenal project, um, Latifa, as the as the editor, I believe it was, of the comic, which is about an Arab um, superhero woman, which I think is just amazing. Yeah. Talk to us about just that project and the power behind it because, you know, I feel like to a degree, um, and obviously to maybe to a lesser degree, you know, the, the, the parallel between Arab woman and African woman and their representation in media is, is, is almost similar. So I'm well known for um, my work in shifting perceptions and, you know, playing with stereotypes, shattering imposed ideas and whatnot. Um, a, lot of, a lot of what I do is, is dedicated to um, changing minds um, towards better openness and understanding of the so-called other. Um, and it's because of that reputation, I suppose, that I met with, uh, well, I came across Saad, uh, Prince Saad al-Saud from Saudi Arabia. Mm. He, too, uh, being from Saudi Arabia, um, suffered, if you like, the 
the preconceived negativized mm-hmm. notions around his nation and his country and who he was as a person. Um, and, you know, he wanted to tackle, tackle that, tackle mm-hmm. these post ideas and, and, and so on. And, and we came together creatively on that front. Um, from that connection and understanding of one another, we worked and built towards Saudi Girls Revolution, mm-hmm. um, which is entirely, a, it's a fantasy world that, that comes from Fahad's brain. <laughs> and uh, and it, was, it. it was how we then translate these ideas um, um, and shift um, perceptions through what he loves. He loves comics. He is a tech, he's a techie, he's a nerd. He's all of these things. And he introduced me to that world um, and to these, you know, and to the, these ideas. And, and then, you know, him obviously understanding my position and, and what I do um, asked me to come on board as, as editor of, of Latifa. Mm-hmm. And, you know, iconography, comics, superheroism, like we don't realize just how much um, superheroes play a role in our psyche exactly. from growing up. And, you know, and obviously with my fashion background as well, you know, style and, and the fact that these are our style icons from age four. Mm. So um, That's so, so powerful. It's true. Superheroes are style icons from like age four. That is so, so true. Sorry, I just was like yes, giving exactly. an amen. <laughs> no, no, no. I mean, I, I, yeah. And, you know, and these, and these realizations all came about for me during this project and during um, the, the, the putting together of, of Latifa and her story. Mm-hmm. And she's one of eight female protagonists Amazing. Um, under the um, Saudi Girls Revolution umbrella, if you like. So, you know, the, it, it became part of my repertoire. Mm-hmm. And, and, you know, and I, and I realized the power of comics and superheroism and, and what we can do today using these stories. And, and this, you know, I'm talking four years ago now. This is, this is an idea that came about four years ago. And, sure. and um, almost two years ago, Latifa, um, Latifa came out. And then I visited, you know, I had to do New York Comic Con. I did Saudi Comic Con. I went to Bahrain for Comic Con. And again, it was my first time kind of diving into this completely different, but yet so similar relative world yeah, yeah. Um, and and you know and, and my a, a lot of and again how can I bring this back to Africa um, there were so many ideas that we developed around the continent we spoke with Marvel a lot and then you know Black Panther kind of came about and, and now we all are realizing um, you know the power of iconography and and, mm. and I'm, I'm just really happy to see that that, that our voices are now being included in so many different avenues and so many different stories. Yeah, and I think that that is so powerful. I mean, everything you said, especially around the power of iconography, it's so, you know, just to de- well, just to add to it, sort of like I remember when I watched Black Panther, I I left. And I felt like I'd been robbed of something my whole life. And I think <laughs> I actually remember the incident. I sat down with yeah. a friend of mine afterwards, like, you know, um, and I, I silly, I just started crying because I was just so amazed to see all of these strong, you know, like specifically the woman really and just seeing a multi-layer of women in different roles in different, you know what I mean? Like yeah. it just made me feel like, of course, yeah, it of made course. me feel some kind of, to use a Nigerian term, it made me feel some kind of way, <laughs> but in, yeah. in a yeah. good kind well, of. It's, 
Yeah, no, it, it, it really is powerful. And you don't actually realize... Until you until see it. it until, until it... Yeah, until yeah. you face it. And, yeah. and that was my experience with comics and, you know, and working mm. on the people and, and realizing how important this is. But, you know, at the, at the same time, I, I grew up... I'm, you know, I've, we've already gone around. I'm mm. Sudanese originally. And, and the world's first queens who won wars Yes. Yeah, as dedicated wives were Sudanese. Also Say it again, Sudan. please. So, Say it again. <laughs> pardon? Say it again so everybody can hear. Ah, yes, of course, yes, <laughs> of course. The world's first queens, African, African, by the way. <laughs> they, um, they, they played a huge role in my life growing up. My mother was very kind of staunch on, on reminding us, despite, you know, growing up in, in England, that we were Sudanese, that we are descendants of, of the world's first queens and blah, blah, blah. So, so I always kind of had that empowerment mm. within me. But you're right. You know, it's, it, it, it's it, the, the animation of our possibility mm. is, is what I felt in, when, when creating Lapifa. Um, and, and I felt the same way, you know, about Black Panther. And what I hope Black Panther does is bring about a curiosity and love for the continent, you know, and need and realization that, you know, that Africa must be a part of our lives again or needs to be a part of our lives again, you know. So I really hope that Black Panther brings about a new way of thinking, as Latifa did, you know, when we did Saudi Comic Con. Yet so many young Saudi girls, Arab girls, come up to me and just say, you know, thank you, thank you for Lotiva. We have a superhero that looks like oh, us. That must have been so emotional. Like and of, oh, yeah. girls were crying. Wow. Um, you know, and 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 that that whole you know realization of of self and beauty is is what my nonprofit is about, and at the same and self appreciation, mm-hmm. realization. And self-appreciation and, and you know I really hope that that what we are creating is is going to bring about a whole new vision of self I love that now let's talking about um your your nonprofit and, and all of that I when I first heard about um, magic drive and then I started researching and going on the social media platforms and everything I thought to myself you know, because I've just had an ex- a beautiful experience in, in um, Ethiopia where I went to an academy. And basically, this academy, the whole idea about it is outside of all the amazing stuff that they do, what they're trying to do is to ensure that every single um, person who's part of the academy, um, you know, and obviously this will trickle on, um, realizes that everybody is, number one, a human, and we all have some sort of purpose and something to contribute, which is something that's often lost, you know. So when mm-hmm. I was reading mm-hmm. about Magic Drive, I was like, I'm pretty sure Roseanne was pretty moved to like you must have been moved to tears to just have picked up um you know this this whole idea around magic drive. I don't want to go into it. I want you to maybe share um your you know how the idea came about and what you're trying to achieve with it. Mm-hmm. Um okay, so the magic drive is very new. Uh it's it's only in its third month of activation now. Mm. And essentially what the magic drive does is drive magic in young people. Um, and by driving magic, I mean, um, it, it goes back to the idea of self-appreciation, um, realization that your local surroundings, by self, I don't mean 
you as human being. I mean you, I mean your family, your environment, your immediate community, your creativity, all these ideas that are immediately within you and your environment mm. to realize that they too, that you too are great. Um, sure. yeah. And it's, it's, it's really also, again, going back to changing minds and sustainability is, is this big, huge thing right now. You know, sustainable tourism, sustainable fashion, sustainable products, sustainable this, sustainable that. But, you know, for me, what is all of these things without a sustainable mindset, without a way, um, an idea, um, a, a moving forward with a belief that you can sustain yourself? Mm-hmm. I, I believe that that is the most important element in this cycle of, of sustainability. It's, it's your mind and how you um, are willing to operate in a sustainable fashion. So that um, is, is, is what the Magic Drive stands on and the tools we use um, to bring about a new self-confidence and a new um, self-realization and self-determination is fashion, the arts, music, and creativity. So, example, we were one of our partner orphanages in Kenya. Um, we hosted a full-blown fashion show in the orphanage. We set up, yeah, we set up the, the t- you know, the, the front row and, you know, and stage management and music. And, and following that, we did a photo shoot as well. And the reason why we did a fashion shoot is because, you know, my one condition with all our partners' orphanages and impoverished schools is that um, the children, I, I always, you know, my, my form of, of, of return isn't just the high-impact session. It's also I will return, visit with photos of mm-hmm. the photo shoot and the show, and, they, and the kids, uh, the orphanage, and the kids are required to hang pictures up of themselves. Oh, that's lovely. Um, so that they can look. Yeah, they can so see themselves. Can themselves. Yeah, powerful. Yeah. Yes, they become their inspiration. Powerful. And, um, and that's essentially what the Magic Drive is about. You know, we work with, it, it, it kind of shatters, um, completely crushes archaic ideas around development, um, archaic ideas um, around social impact. And, and what we do is we collaborate with fashion leadership, such as, you know, Riberian Fraud donated lots of, Sunglasses to us, Bedouin Studios sent us lots of off-season clothes. Um, you know, I'm in talks with lots of other brands right now, and, and that's the whole idea. It's collaboration to build these transformation sessions, um, transformational exercises and sessions for, the, for kids um, across Africa and beyond. Because, you know, let's face it, this, this, is a, this is a power program that isn't just required in Africa. It's required in London, where I grew up. Mm. It's required... I'm, in, I mean, yeah, you know, in the, everywhere. Yeah, because I think it could be. It, and what I love about the fact that, because um, I know as much as everybody talks about just Africa and everything, I think that I think what's outside of the amazing things you've said, just the fact that it's something that is birthed in Africa and you take it to the rest of the world versus something coming from the rest of the world and then bringing it back into Africa, you know? Because they are, I found that within, yeah, they're always like, we, we tend to have a lot more solutions <laughs> in Africa. And I think, um, you know, that a lot of the solutions we have can actually play a huge role um, in kind of changing the trajectory of the world as a whole. 
Oh, absolutely, absolutely. The way Africa has responded to technology, yeah, um, um, you know, and uncovering solutions, solutions uh, for society, for the people, um, in in it's been so much more dynamic, so much more futuristic, and and so much more considerate. So, um, so you're absolutely right. You know, it's it, it's it's many in many industries, Africa is responding. Um, with solutions so much more than the rest of the world. And, and, and you're right. I mean, it's, all eyes have been over on Africa and all eyes will continue to be on Africa, even more so. Definitely. And now, Roseanne, I want all eyes to be on the Magic Drive. How can people um, connect with you just to find out about it, how they can support? You know, um, just if you can give us that information, please. Well, um, yes, we have a website. This is brand new. We have a website. It's themagicdrive.org. Um, so uh, anyone can go on there and have a look there. We also are on Facebook and on Instagram, um, and it's all the Magic Drive, the Magic Drive. Um, we also have a GoFundMe um, account set up. Again, it's GoFundMe.com forward slash the Magic Drive, where um, where not only can can um, the community, the creative community, or anybody um, donate towards our future programs. But if there's any other ideas around collaboration, um, you know, around in kind, you know, get, get in touch because this is, this is about building connection, building legacy, um, and building power amongst um, Africa's creative industry. This this is and Africans worldwide, by the way, you know, yeah, I, I, which yeah. goes back to Africanism. This 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 is speaking to the isms of our continent around the world. Let's get together. Let's create legacy. And let's build um, for our future. The magic drive is as much mine as it is every, everyone else's that wants to get involved. Roseanne, thank you so much for your time in Africa State of Mind. I always like to um, end off conversations that I have with amazing people like you. Um, you know, uh, I, I heard of you and I started researching you before I found out that we knew a few of the same people. And the work that you have done, the work that you do do, the things that people say about you are all really consistent. And I just wanted to say, you know, firstly, congratulations on everything you have done. I think that that's something that we don't say often enough about people. Secondly, I believe that your legacy will, it's going to take many shapes and forms that you perhaps never even dreamed or imagined. And so continue doing what you're doing. Continue being somebody who has the idea and just goes for it. Continue being a social entrepreneur. Continue fighting for change and and giving the story of the other when it comes to art and beauty and fashion and, and just all those things that the world is, is, is a better place and, you know, for people like you. So thank you so much for spending time um, on Africa State of Mind. You are the definition of somebody who is changing, who was changing and who will keep changing the African narrative. Thank you so much, Roseanne. Thank you. Thank you so much, Lee. I really appreciate that. Thank you. Let's let's continue doing this together. Definitely. Thanks so much, Roseanne. Africa State of Mind, signing out. Thanks so much for listening to another episode of Africa State of Mind. I hope that you enjoy listening to this podcast as much as we enjoy putting it together for you. And once again, a big shout out to all of the amazing people um, from around the amazing continent of Africa, uh, you know, who are really doing their part with regards to changing the narrative. Don't forget that you can interact with us um, on our Twitter handle at Africa State Mind. You can also join the Africa State of Mind group on Facebook. And please remember 
remember to rate us um, on iTunes. Let us know how it is that you think that we're doing. And if you have any ideas for any guests or people from your particular country uh, within the continent of Africa that are really changing the narrative, please be sure to share it with us. That's all we have for time for today. My name is Lee Kasumba, Africa State of Mind. We'll be back next week with another great episode. Africa State of Mind with Lee Kasumba. Get it on iTunes now.